0: table i'm your host josh turner and with me is my uh guest and of course my co-host Martin nunley and we got a lot to talk about so let's jump right back into it and let's uh let's continue thank you so you speaking of the lbl like you now you said you remote viewed the lbl i did yeah can you tell us about that
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I, um, I didn't know a whole lot about the LBL, you know, I'm a Bigfoot field researcher, but I don't know a whole lot about Dogman and I'm from Georgia and I, I just had not really heard about the LBL too much until I, uh, joined forces with Texas Front Porch in Tex and, uh, he's, he's experienced Dogman before and I believe he was the person who encouraged me to look into the LBL. The land between the lakes and the family who had been attacked allegedly okay and so with a lot of the the targets that i do when i'm I'm looking into like paranormal stuff um i don't know if these things actually happened and so i have to first of all establish if they're real okay and um and so and yes i've done targets before um very well known Paranormal cases, even involving dog man, people that people have heard before. Um, I've looked into them and I could not find that they were true. Okay. (laughs) So, um, but I don't, I don't talk publicly about that stuff. Uh, There are cases that I'll talk about, but I eh, I won't get into detail because I don't want to upset anybody. Okay. Um, But with the LBL, I looked in to see if the attack of the family of four happened uh, the uh, back in 1982. And right off the bat, I did pick up that, yes, it did happen. And, uh, and it was horrible. And it was um, a savage. And there were four people, a mom and dad, two kids that were, um, uh, they were torn to shreds, basically. And, uh, and, and it was very disturbing. But what was even more disturbing was that, that was not the only attack. Like I was remote viewing that one attack, but I could not help but see like multiple other attacks uh, that happened in the area. And it wasn't a dogman; it was multiple dogmen, uh, multiple beings. I guess you could call them. And um, multiple attacks. And and another thing was that they were all being covered up by the people at the LBL like the the people who worked there the wildlife management and the coroner's office and like everybody around that area they were all they're all covering it up um and so i i just felt that was really um i felt it was it was it was very disturbing to me and it was that was a, it was a hard one uh to to talk about actually so um yeah and i was also picking up about um where the dog man came from and uh, that, that was also disturbing as well because um, I felt like they were let loose, kind of. I know that sounds wild, but it was almost like they were let loose to feed on people. So um, make of that as what you will. But um, I wow. did get, um, it, as with a lot of these dogman cases that I look into and Bigfoot cases, people get attacked because they cross the line, like a territorial line. And they have territory on all these areas. And once you cross that line, you're fair game to be attacked.
0: So you're telling me that if, if you, if a dog man is in the vicinity, okay, let, let, let's take this for example. Like, like sometimes you'll be walking around and you'll see like a stray dog and it can be a vicious dog, but if it's not really in its own turf, it, it, it's not, it, it's not often it's going to run up to you and start attacking you. Unless it's rabid. Or it's just having a really bad day because <laughs> most of the time, because um, I've been out walking on a trail with my dog and I came across two, like, I mean, these dogs looked, they, they looked bad. They looked like they were pretty rough. Um, one one was definitely a Doberman, but he was really large. Like he might've been with something else. And then the other one was a pit and they kind of looked at each other and I picked up a rock and they just kind of ran. And I couldn't help but think if if you're, if you were in their yard, they would tear you to shreds but they're running around loose and they probably know that they're not supposed to be that far flung. And of course my dog was kind of going crazy, you know, whatever. And I unmuzzled him just to be, this was years ago, but I unmuzzled him just to make sure if they decided to come at me and my dog, he was a massive wore a big old spot collar weighed 130 pounds. He was a bad dude. So I wasn't worried about anything and I'm not, I'm not afraid of dogs anyway because I was a handler. Um, that's another thing that I've done in my life. Um, is trained dogs, so I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that fear of them. I don't, I'm not, I'm not afraid of them. If somebody, you know, threatens me with their dog, I just, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It can hurt you, but uh, I'm not really afraid of it. So, but I thought, you know, if you were like a teenager or a kid or something running on that trail, those dogs, who knows how they would react? I don't know. I mean, I'm a big dude. I'm six four, three hundred sixty pounds. They're gonna look at me and go, ah, maybe I shouldn't mess with this dude. You know, and then he and I had a big 130 pound monster with me, so maybe that was like why. But dogs don't typically attack, you know, um, you know, just for, just for no reason, you know, unless they're out and there's a pack. Typically, you know what I mean. So like it, all these excuses that they come up with why these dogs attack, whatever. But you're right. If you are in their zone, like their territory, like if you come into their yard or what they consider to be theirs their domain their home they will freak out and they will definitely attack and and a lot of dogs are like that so you're telling me that that's how these dogmen are that like if if you go into their territory like you're that's that's what you're dealing with so so if you just run like say you just run into one out like out in the uh like out in the woods or something and it's just one by itself and you're not and you're not in a certain place they're not going to attack you.
1: I'm not saying
0: that you're less I'm likely to be attacked.
1: I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, you know, I remote viewed the family getting attacked and I picked up on a whole bunch of other attacks. Um, and I did pick up that they, um, were very territorial. I also picked up that the ones that attacked them were trained assassins, whatever. So make of that as you, as you will. Um,
2: that, that's interesting, Jessica, because you say that you uh, couldn't help but see other attacks. I was wondering if you saw the one that happened ten years later in 1992 uh, on the bow hunter that got attacked, and whatever attacked and killed this man actually removed his clothes and threw it up in a tree before he ate the ate the man. Did you happen to see that?
1: Okay, I've been asked multiple times to remote view that, and I didn't because it was so recent. Um, and I didn't want to upset the family, but then I went and remote viewed the, the of Wild Dog attack. So I'm ready to remote view that. I haven't, I haven't done that yet, but I will. Um, I broke my own rule with the, um, with the recent attacks I looked into a couple of weeks ago. So, um, I, I would yeah. like to look into that. I have not looked into it yet. Um, but what what uh, I saw uh, was not specific. It was just a whole bunch of families and couples and single people yeah. getting attacked and and killed.
2: So, how many other attacks were you able to view? I know you. Uh, I watched your show that night, and I know you said that uh, you were you were doing a deep dive into one of the the victims' minds, and you mm-hmm. said that it was more than you could, you'd ever know. But how many were you able yes. to see? yourself specifically do you remember
1: yeah i i don't have a number it was multiple it was just multiple i didn't i don't have an exact number uh multiple multiple attacks let's just say it was oh i i can't i can't put a number on it um i'm gonna say at least i saw at least five more let's just say five different attacks um right I, I can't give you an exact number, but it was, it gotcha. was, it was much more than just one or two, um, probably a whole bunch, bunch more, but you know, when you're remote viewing and you've got a target, it's not good to like go off target and try to, you know, see all this other stuff, but it was just there. It was so blatant. It was like, there was just more, 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 um, right. going on there. Yeah.
0: And do you think they were all from the same creatures? Cause I know that, One of the things that was told to us by a supposed witness to to the killings of the LBL was that these things were – they were from the government and that they had been – they were out of Fort Campbell to be specific and that they were basically trained and, yeah, they were let loose to go and kill – and and the other and the other thing I, to add to that, I wanted to ask you too.
1: I haven't heard that before. Yeah, because that was in my data, so I don't know who told you that, but yeah, I didn't get Fort Campbell, but I did get that they were let loose and they were um, trained assassins. Mm-hmm. Me and Barton so, have both
0: heard that, so
1: okay, interesting.
0: Yeah, and and, and th- were they? What's what did they look like to you?
1: Um, to me, they looked like hyena type heads they were um like a mix between like a german shepherd and a hyena if that makes sense
0: yeah
1: um they didn't have a whole lot of hair on their bodies um and it was there they didn't have like a super long snout it was like a short snout and um you know i've seen the picture that that barton that you drew uh, it didn't really look exactly like that what i saw but um, who's to say, I don't know what I saw looked more kind of like a hyena type face. Um, but yeah. it wasn't like spotted like a hyena, but it, it was just that type of a style, like that shape. So, yeah,
2: um, don't many had different a big, big,
1: down there. it was so many different types. I did, I, I picked up on multiple different types.
0: And when you've remote viewed, like, have, like, like for the one that I saw, it looked like a werewolf, like a traditional, like wolf, not traditional, but like wolf-like creature. Is that one? Are, are I guess the the question I want to phrase it correctly for you. Um, are it, it, are those kind more regional? Because that's the kind I get a lot of reports of around here.
1: Yeah, I you know I I'm not sure. I don't know. I I it's interesting. I think there's some that are like local that have like been there for a long time, and there's some that apparently. I think our government brings in or something. I, I, I don't know. Um, the, the data suggests that there's several different types that are there. And, um, and so some of them might just be native to that area and they've been there forever. And then some of them are coming from a facility somewhere.
0: Yeah. And and do you, cause here, here's another thing. Like if, if these were created, by an intelligence that was here long ago, and then they kind of abandoned it, you know? Like, maybe they went underground. Maybe the story of the reptilian war with the giants is true. Let's just say it was. (coughs) Or it is. And let's say that these creatures were kind of just left to their own devices. They would kind of devolve into their own primitive civilizations too, right?
1: Well, you know, (coughs) the thing about is that there's so many things in our world that from the beginning of time, we've had things that were good, like things that remote viewed. Let's just say like orbs that fly over, the that make crop circles. I know this sounds totally random and it has sounds like it has nothing to do with this, but it kind of does because I remote viewed orbs that make crop circles. And, uh, you know, orbs have been seen flying over them. And uh, and when I was remote viewing these orbs, I was picking up two different types of orbs. There were some that were like the original orbs that made crop circles, and they were they came from source, okay, like source energy. And they were sending messages to humanity, okay, like good messages to help move us along, okay, as a civilization. But then the, someone in power somewhere took these orbs and got whatever they are and they corrupted that technology or whatever this is right and uh it made something like the opposite of like to to kind of throw us off like there's always something somebody that wants to corrupt something that's good right and so like maybe i'm not saying dog man's ever been good or bad or whatever um it's all relative but I think somewhere along the way, like they've they've been taken and they've been genetically modified and you know experiments just like humans and any kind of chimera, you know. Um that it's a thing right now, you know, chimeras and uh and experimenting with DNA and all that kind of stuff. So super soldiers. I mean, we got the whole super soldier program. I mean, there's talk about how the Germans used werewolves during World War II, <laughs> you know. I don't know. Like, you know, we live in a very strange world. Um, I think the whole. The perhaps it been corrupted.
0: Like one of the things that Hitler, toward the end of the war, um, he had these, uh, like these, uh, what do you call them? Like Grenadiers, I guess. Who And they were just using like, uh, uh I forgot what they're called. They're like rocket launchers um to fight the to, to knock the tank busters they used them and they were just individuals that were running around with these uh, rocket launchers basically and just knocking out tanks and he called them his werewolves um but I don't know that they actually used real werewolves I've always I've heard all these stories about that but I've anytime I've ever looked into that I've always kind of hit a dead end I never really found anything I did however find something from the Soviets um like having actually used primate uh, and, and then doing all kinds of experiments on canines, um, even one that, you know, me and Barton had talked about, I guess, who, were, I don't know who were interviewing recently Barton and we talked about the canine experimentation that they did. I don't remember who it was. might've been Ron Murphy. Uh, but we we were talking about, was it, was it Ron or I think it was Ron? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Ron would be a good guest for you too, Jessica. Just throwing that out there. He, he is, yeah. man, he is a, a wealth of knowledge. Him and Chad Lewis, both, uh, it was Fantastic. awesome. Yeah. Yes. They would be awesome guests. We interviewed oh. them recently too, but, um,
1: Ron, he was just on Texas front porch, I think. So we're on brunch with Bigfoot. So who, Ron? with my crew, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you said you've, you've interviewed DA Roberts too.
1: Oh, several times. I've been on DA show a bunch too. Yeah, yeah
0: DA's a good so, guy. We like DA. He's one of us.
1: For sure.
0: Yeah. So but th- this thing, yeah. th- the thing with the wolves and and the, the hyenas and all that's very interesting because we do get a lot of stories of them looking hyena-ish, you know, kind of <laughs> my grandparents claim to have seen a hyena-looking werewolf type creature right outside of Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, years wow. ago and then my grandfather right outside of Marfa uh, in near near in between Marfa and Candelaria and Pinto Canyon um he saw what he thought were upright little coyotes you know just running across the road and and doing what they do and i've heard stories of 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 people telling us that they've seen these little coyote looking dudes man like just running running around you know just just uh, doing well, what they well. do Um, I, I don't know what that is or, or why they would be, uh, the way they are. Um, one of the people that told me that was Carrie Eaton. She's, uh, the, the, uh, one of the founders of Dogman Believers Only group, her and Cindy Fleming. And I was talking to Carrie the other day and she was talking to me about these little, she saw like this little coyote looking dude and doesn't stand up and run on two legs. And it looked different though than, what you would think of as a dog man, because I think the dog man term is just being used as a catch all for all yeah. of these these uh, different types of creatures. When we're really dealing with a, a plethora of different type of phenomena, and but I think that when what you're talking about how they're being weaponized, these things go, you know, they, like they've been here a long time. I think from our civilization being technologically advanced and then falling down to nothing for thousands of years and then coming back up and then falling back down. And who knows how long these things have been here, how long the genetic manipulation has gone on you know, over the centuries. And then these things get caught and then re-thrown back into circulation after they're, they're you know genetically modified. And of course, transhumanism is a thing too. You know, totally. And, uh, totally trying to, you know, and what are your thoughts on that? I mean, what do you think?
1: I'm pro-human. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I think
0: I am too. I hope
1: you don't, that's all I'm going to say. I just, I, I think it's, uh, you know, AI is something that's, I mean, we, that's something we really need to be worried about. And, uh, you know, last night I did a show on Indrid Cold. Mm-hmm. OK, if you guys know who that is, oh, he yeah. was uh, the Grinning Man. OK, I did. Re- I remote viewed him right. and uh, and I had Barry Littleton on the show with me last night. And, I, you know, some people assume that he might have been a, a man in black, a man in black, I guess. And uh, and, uh, you know, um, Barry was talking about how he believes a uh, men in black are AI in some way and stuff and I'm, you know, it, it's hard to wrap your head around stuff like that, right? Well, just first of all, men in black, but um, them being AI and it's uh, it's really scary to think about how AI is possibly about to take over our world and um, and humans will be obsolete, you know, uh, in the future. So. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. And so I, I like to go ahead and publicly state I am pro-human, not transhumanist. Well, every time right. somebody
0: now. makes those, uh, like, look at what I made with my AI. They show artwork, cool. you know, that they did. Yeah. Like they said, look at this. I typed in, you know, New York Giants and look what it came up with. And I'm like, I'm not impressed. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like, that. like that. I don't like the idea that this th- these things are doing what they do. You know, like, I just don't like that. I just, I don't like the art that that they're coming up with. I don't like any of it. I don't, I just don't subscribe yeah. to that. I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't think that you should be making something that's eventually going to become self-aware and it's not going to agree with humans. Um, and they are, they don't make mistakes the way we do and they don't use emotion the way we do. And, you know, they, yeah. it doesn't really have a soul, um, I don't know. It's, it's like sacrilege to me. I I just don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. And I've I've been saying that for years that there's something wrong with that. I don't, I don't, you know, look at Skynet Terminator, (laughs) you know,
1: it's it's like the opposite of spiritual beings, you know, and it's just, there's, it's, it's not human. Okay. And I, and a a question I love to bring up a lot, like when I'm I'm doing talks and things like that is what does it mean to be human (laughs) OK. And especially like when we're dealing with cryptids, it's like, I don't know. I just I just like to kind of put it out there. You know, um, I don't know how, how that relates to, to like cryptids and things like that. But, you know, as far as like remote viewing goes and being psychic and um, and just, you know, humans, we make mistakes. We have feelings, you know, and it, and it comes down to it. Like a lot of cryptids are interested in us because we we have Things that they don't have, like emotions, like especially ETs, okay, and stuff like that. Like they're they're very interested in us because they don't have the same emotional, you know, I want to say construct, (laughs) whatever, the same emotions and things like the things that we don't we have they don't have, you know, um, compassion and stuff like that, you know, mercy, Um, mercy, right? Yeah, all all sorts of stuff.
2: Plenty of things. Already are, are coming out and saying that they believe that AI is already self-aware. Matter of fact, just a few months ago, one of them was fired for saying that. And Ended Code mm-hmm. was, uh, interesting that you think that the men in black are AI, uh, but Ended Code was a entity that described itself as a, uh, extraterrestrial, if you will, a supernatural entity that John Keel kept running into. If you read the Mothman prophecies, you'll, you'll yeah. understand what that's more about. But I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's just crazy. Some crazy stuff going on. That's for sure.
1: He he was from actually from the same area as Point Pleasant, where the Mothman was spotted. Um, it was just a you know yeah. a f- several miles from there actually, and so and it was around the same time frame as when the Mothman was showing up in that town.
0: Right. Is when he right. showed
1: up. And you know I, I remote viewed the mothman. That was that was last week's show. And uh and I looked into the mothman and uh he this is going to sound really weird uh to everyone, but I picked up that he was actually a messenger from God to warn of catastrophic events.
2: Harbinger I, he of doom.
1: Yeah. Harbinger of doom, but he he doesn't he doesn't look like you know, you think like God would send an angel, something beautiful to be like, oh, you know, watch out. Don't go on that bridge, you know, <laughs> like Archangel Michael or something with a sword and, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, with wings, you know, or something. But it was a mothman. OK, and uh, and that that's a little confusing um, when you think about it.
2: Right. Especially since there was several different types of mothman um, witnessed before the collapse of the Silver Bridge, there was at least three or four different types of, of Mothman. Wow. One was humanoid with bird feathers, and one was uh, looked like a giant owl with no head, and another one was a bat-winged deal. The so, one yeah.
1: that I that I saw was it had it had smooth wings like a pterodactyl, like a bat.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a uh, precursor to the... Uh, the more well-known sightings you know it happened a few years before the uh, the 1960s events, but yeah, there were several different types of them sighted there so
0: what do you think we what know, do you think yeah. of this thing like I believe that this these things could be <clears throat> biological robots, like the grays in particular, like a biological robot I mean because when you look at the their mannerisms and the things that they do. They're, they're just very robotic and and they're hive minded. Um, and, right. And, I mean, the Moth Mothman. Mothman
2: even made robotic sounds. Yes. Robotic exactly.
0: Sounds. So, what if that and thing did, was a biological off, robot?
2: Right. To take off uh, straight up in the air without flapping its wings and keep up with the car going over 100 miles an hour. So, that's not something that a, a normal bird or sandhill crane, whatever you want to uh whatever they said it was you know that's not something they can do so
0: and also yeah. god what people consider to be god is all relative to the person like the elohim <laughs> right. the, the, like there are people who they believe that the elohim is the name for god when the, the translations that does it doesn't bear that out in hebrew it, it it means like uh like a, it's a plural it's a plurality it wouldn't be God, it would be like gods or like sky gods or it translates to like you know beings like you know and it's like a sky council or god like like a heavenly beings so if if you're looking at God as in the one of the old testament translations is of the Elohim you're looking at like that that could have been something that they sent to warn us or whatever. And then it gets really, really deep. You go down the rabbit hole, you, it, it gets even further deep. Like the name Yahweh is different than Jehovah and so and so and so and so. And, so. and then there's a passage, and I can't tell you exactly the the, the verse of it. I bet Jason could. Um, but it's there's a passage in the Bible because I was talking Bible theology with Jason when I was at the at the uh, uh, Bigfoot conference up in uh, Mineola. And one of the things we talked about were, were these different, you know, things like this. And, and Jason is, uh, uh, what's his last name uh, from Texas uh, for a porch? uh
1: Except McLean.
0: McLean. 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 So, so McLean, So, so we were talking, and one of the things that came up was that the the, the names, you know, uh, are not the, the translations are not correct. And if if you look at the Gnostic belief of God and what God is. It's like it's something that you find from within because he is our soul is a small piece of him. We are all one. We are all connected by that small piece of God. You can't have a spark of life without God. Um, so one of the things that, that your whole goal is to get back to the source, to the creator and the, the creator being the God of Christ, the, the father of Christ, because he says there's only there's only one way. And that's through me. Now, you can live your life and be a good person and do good works, but you won't go to heaven. You know? um, and I had somebody recently told me, I'm not going to subscribe to you anymore. I'm done because you said that only by worshiping uh, God through Christ can you. And I was like, yeah, well, I believe that. And I stood by that. And she's like, so everybody that believes in a different religion is going to go to hell. I never said that. And I, and I corrected that person. I said, I never said that. I said, you'll have to come and do it again. That's what I said. Or you yeah, may end Bible up. You know, and I told them, I told her, you know, we argued, I'm not going to sit there and just go ahead and, and, and argue, whatever. But, but the the thing is the sky people council, whatever the Elohim in the Bible, they do things over and over again that don't Never. seem like God, like something that the God of the new Testament would do. And the God of the old Testament wants certain things like blood sacrifice, um, <sighs> doesn't make sense because the new the in, in the new testament th- there is none of that i mean it's not there and it doesn't make any sense because the only beings that want blood sacrifice are demonic um so you're kind of wondering like what what god is this that would want that that would they were always c- killing animals and, and and committing blood sacrifice to god quote quote unquote but it doesn't make sense because it seems like there's there's multiple different versions of of God and who he is. And one passage, like I said, Jesus says, um, would your father give you, when you ask for food, would your father give you snakes to eat? And there, it, that goes back to, to Exodus when the children of Israel were wandering in the desert and they were moaning and groaning about being hungry. And God, supposed God, gets angry and He sends down fiery serpents to punish them for 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 asking for food. And so in the New Testament, if you look this up, I don't know the exact passages off the top of my head, I'm tired, it's late, but Jesus says, you know, would would a loving father do that? So he's questioning that version of God. And then if you get further into the Exodus, and this may make a lot of people upset or uncomfortable, but there is no archaeological proof really of their being uh, first of all for them even being in captivity in Egypt there really isn't any real proof of that um and then there's really no proof of an exodus now i do believe in moses i believe he was real i believe he may have led a group of hebron which basically just translates to outsider or some sort of like uh like a outlaw you know type person that that that, that they were a loose confederation of people who Migrated to Egypt and eventually they weren't Egyptian. So the Egyptians enslaved them. Um, But, but he may have led a a loose confederation of people out of there uh, into the land of Canaan, or they may have just been the the Canaanites that had gone there to work. And eventually they, they were overpopulating and they got, they got put under control and then they were, they were, you know, the expigated eventually. But either way, God is relative. So when you're talking about God having sent this mothman, you got to wonder, is it like God as in the Elohim God, or is it a different, is it, or is it, is it that the Gnostics believe like there was this God named Yaldabaugh and he created this world as a, but it was a copy of the, of the real world. Um, I remember hearing Linda Moulton Howe on a, on a lecture one time talking about how she was told that our world was a spinoff from the real world and that in their time, the real world, you know, whatever that had spun this universe off, it had only been like 40, 60 years. But in our time we had progressed 4 billion years or something like that. It was something ridiculous. Like our time was super accelerated, um, compared to what their time was. So they could actually observe, our universe and they were trying to figure out the nature of consciousness and that's what this whole thing was just an experiment so this i mean you could say that the scientist's name was yadaba i don't know or whatever um and and he has pretended to be god but there is a universal consciousness that is tapped into the one true living god that truly does exist and he did send Christ here to this plane of existence to pull us out, so you have a way out, because this world is corrupted, it is messed up, and if there's any doubt about who the god of this world is, Satan took Jesus to the to to the top of the the mountain and told him, "Hey, behold all the kingdoms of the world, they would be yours if you bowed down and worship me." I always laugh when I heard that because like it'd be the equivalent of like a hobo coming up to you and be like, "Hey, buddy." Everything in this shopping cart could be yours. Just say you love me and follow me into the woods and worship me. Oh, thanks, Gee, dude. A, a street sign, an old boot, and a cup of change. Oh yeah, I'll follow you. Um, Jesus is like, you know, why would I follow you? I have all the heaven. This is mine, you know. Like God, my father, you know, is I, I'm the, you know, it's mine. Why would I need this? But yeah, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's like. The, the, the point is is like the, the, that if you look at like that as that like the kingdom of heaven as opposed to the Kingdom of Earth, Satan wouldn't offer, wouldn't be able to offer the Son of Man or the Son of God, which Jesus is both, he wouldn't be able to offer him that if it wasn't his to offer, if it wasn't his to give. So that tells you right there that he is the God of this world. Um,
2: yeah. you know, the Bible mm-hmm. even called him the God of the earth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus was gone for 20 years. We don't know where he was at. And when he returned, he was quite angry. And he told the Pharisees, your father is not my father. Your father is, is, uh, you know, Satan is a synagogue of Satan. But anyways, go ahead. Go ahead, Jessica. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, Josh, I was going to say, um, as far as the data go, saying that God sent the mothman to, uh, warn humanity. It's up for interpretation, in my opinion, because the, I, I get the data. I'm like a channel putting it out there with this information. And I, I don't honestly know half the time, like what it even means. So it's absolutely that right there is up for interpretation for sure. That's the beauty of remote viewing actually. Um, is, you know, I, I get, I get the, the key terms, the key words, you know, I, I put down my sensory data, and then it's up for interpretation in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. Uh, right. And, well,
2: and if you read the Inhumanoids, I have several other cases in there where these mothman winged entities were seen uh, right before uh, some kind of major disaster. So you could be right there, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: All over the world, actually. Chernobyl. Yeah. All over the world. 9-11. Yeah. Uh, different yeah. bridge collapses. What about all the over butterfly the
0: people? You've heard of the butterfly people? Have you no. guys heard of that? Yeah. So. During the tornadoes. No? Um, yeah. There there were butterflies. They, they, the children claimed that they were the butterfly people. It's a very uh, weird thing. I, I mean, my, my wife uh, studied it and she was very fascinated by it. And it was like, there were a series of tornadoes. Um, and I can't remember exactly where it was at, but if you, I'm pretty sure you can find it. Um, but it was like yeah i think it was i think it was in uh- uh missouri it was in joplin missouri so if there you, you
2: know. go so that's on the uh the episode of monsters and mysteries in america that i'm i did mm mm-hmm. things of managed man the butterfly people and the spotsville monster so yeah definitely heard of that before
0: yeah
1: i've never heard of it that's yeah. really cool
0: very interesting stuff if you if you uh, look it up. You can see, um, what it is. I mean, like, like just, just look it up the story. And so you, you did that one, Barton.
2: Yeah. There was three stories in the segment that I, you know, that I did the, the episode that I did. And one of them was the butterfly people and the, pretty sure. And the other one was a manish man. And then my own uh, testimony there. So, yeah.
0: So I was going to ask you another thing, Jessica, um, The, the Alfred Osman case. That's another one that I wanted to talk about before we got done here. That's,
1: that's an interesting case. Okay. That was up in Canada, I believe. And, uh, yeah, there was a, a prospector gold miner. Uh, he had set up camp. He was doing some, he was out there solo by himself. And, uh, uh, you know there was a there was a sasquatch out there I mean this is I remote viewed it and yes this happened okay it totally happened according to my data okay uh, he he was out there and something had been kind of messing with his camp and uh, he'd go to sleep at night and he'd wake up he'd see that there were things moved around and uh, something was messing with them and uh, one night, I guess he was in, he he tried to stay up because he knew there was something messing with him. There was some kind of large animal that kept coming in his camp at night and moving his things around while he was sleeping. And he tried to stay up one night, all night, because he he knew there was going to be something in his camp and he ended up falling asleep. And uh, next thing he knows, he wakes up where he got Pulled up in a sleeping bag, he was in a sleeping bag, and he got pulled up and flung over the shoulder of a gigantic Sasquatch. Well, the poor guy thought that he was riding on the back of a horse. He didn't know what was going on, because he was kind of like in a in a sack. It was like you take a pillowcase and you put your pillow in it, and then you close the top of it with your hand. You know, that's kind of what he was, what the situation he was in, and it was hours. He was he was um, flung over the shoulder of this Sasquatch for at least a couple of hours. And, uh, the thing, the Sasquatch took him to, uh, where his family lived. Basically there was like a cave and, um, out in the wilderness. And, uh, this guy was there for, I think it was at least a couple of days. I can't remember the exact time, uh, frame, but he was there and, uh, and it happened. And eventually he, he got away. Um, but yeah, he, I think he told the story about how he was, thinking about taking the young female Sasquatch with him when he left. Not sure why, but maybe to show people. Um, But yeah, he, that, that actually happened. He was, he was abducted by a Sasquatch and, and the Sasquatch wasn't there to hurt him. He didn't mean to hurt him. He was just kind of being kind of playful and wanted to take him back to his family to show us, show him off to his family. Kind of. Well,
2: he believed that the the adult male Sasquatch and the, uh the female adult Sasquatch one of them the mate with mm-hmm. the young younger female Sasquatch
0: yeah and he only got that's... away
2: I think he was there for like I don't know, four or five days maybe a week but he, he only got yeah. away because he had that tin of snuff with him right and he got the, he the big big foot to to dip that snuff and he didn't like it so you know he was going all crazy and that he took that opportunity to, to slip off but you know, it's hard to believe for me that someone could actually escape these creatures, you know. They're, exactly.
0: they're something else. According to your data though, like what you found that that this really happened and he did escape.
1: It did really happen. Yes, it did. It absolutely did. and according to my data, yes, it happened. And you know, and he he really caught a lot of slack his entire life for that. After after he uh, talked to, I think he talked to a a reporter about it, and it was in the newspaper. And um, yeah, yeah, you know, it what what drew the Sasquatch in were all his trinkets. He had a whole bunch of trinkets and shiny things, and uh, and it was kind of messing with them. Uh, was messing with all of his trinkets and things, but um, he, okay. So in my data, this is going to sound silly, but, but he wanted to show his family, like the Sasquatch took him because he was, he was a white man. He did not, you know, I, I think he probably had seen white men, but it was in my data. It was pretty prevalent. It was like, Oh, he wanted to show his family a white man. <laughs> That's what it said. So, um, so it was, uh, yeah, he, he went back and there was a, there was like a clan of Bigfoots. It was a, uh, it was a family uh, that was there and he, he kind of had to go into survival mode once he got there. And uh, there was a, a moment where he was able to make the, the big Sasquatch, I guess he made him sick. According to my data, it made him sick or, or he got sick. And, uh, it and it, not, eventually yeah. he was able to get away.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh? And, and, and with, with this story, along with multiple others that we've heard, of Sasquatch, what are the differences between all these different Sasquatches, in your opinion, Jessica?
1: Well, you know, they're all they're all different, just like we are, like humans. Some of them are nice, like that that clan of Sasquatch. They were just chilling, they were having fun with them, you know, and just kind of. He was just there, and they 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 weren't really threatening him in any kind of way. They're just kind of keeping him mm-hmm. there. Um, And there are other Sasquatches like up in Portlock that are going to eat you, you know, if you go near them. So um, to me, the patterns that I see are there's not a whole lot of different patterns. It just depends uh, on the region and, and, you know, just just like people. I mean, there's some some of us are nice and some of us are not so nice. Um, Some 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 humans are serial killers. Others are just, you know good-hearted and and just want to be left alone, you know?
0: And so you, in your opinion, there are these Sasquatch people or or, or whatever, are they naturally occurring or do you think that they actually do come from somewhere else and then become more human or more physical?
1: I think a lot of them are just ancient and they're, they're from here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they're native to here. Um, I don't pick up on a whole lot of Sasquatch being from, like made in labs and facilities. The only time I pick up on that are with
2: dogmen. So
0: what do you think about like, forward. like do it?
2: You do, but you do uh believe they come from portals. Is that what you said earlier?
1: Um, Sasquatch. I think that they're, they're,
2: yeah.
1: it's, it varies. Okay. Uh Some of them are, they, I don't pick up on like interdimensional portal stuff. I think a lot of them, um, when we consider them going through portals and being interdimensional, like what does that even mean? Like, I know the portal thing, like my team has experienced portals. Okay. But like when you say they're interdimensional, like, what does that even mean? You know, like, what, what do we mean? Like they change their body density. I think that some of them probably can, but I also believe that they are able to get, come out of our eyesight somehow. Like we don't have the rods and cones in our eyes and they're able to, I don't know if it's like mind control or what. I don't know. I know that yeah, sounds yeah. wild, but I think they're able to manipulate our, our eyesight or our our minds in some way uh, to where we don't see them. And that's what cloaking is. Um, that's my opinion. You know, I may not I be do, right. Well, I don't seem to be right yeah, about no, any of
0: this. <laughs> they do
2: exhibit some, some forms of uh, mind control on people. There's no oh, doubt about yeah, it.
0: Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and, and and I think that there are there is a lot of aggression from a lot of them. I mean, I, I get people that want to believe that they're happy, friendly tree people or whatever. And every now and then, maybe you'll get one that's like kind of benign, like what Albert Osman went through. But I, you know, I, for the most part, it just seems like they're not. I mean, you know, when you really get down to brass tacks, you get these. Quick encounters, or somebody saw it on the side of the road, and it's, it didn't hurt them because you're driving in a truck, okay. But if you're out there in the woods and they're out there, and you're, you know, like you said about the territory thing, I mean, there's a good chance that you could get ripped apart. I mean, I've I've heard stories of people. uh, One I here near Cedar Park, this guy said that he found a white one that had just been ripped apart, like its limbs and its torso and its head, everything was ripped apart. And when I was talking to David Weatherly about it, we were going over that case, and I, he said the only thing that's going to do that is another Bigfoot. That's pretty much it. I mean, so you know, they they do do uh, they're they're pretty uh, vicious. I mean, and, they, and I've I've heard of them picking up people's dogs and smashing them against trees and just doing all kinds of stuff. And you're just like you know, so I don't subscribe to the idea of them being this happy-go-lucky little entity that just you kind know, of runs around, does what it does. Um, I do believe that they are the remnants of something that was, you know, not good. Um, and I do believe that they use portals too. I mean, because one of the one of the things that, that Jessica that we've talked about this before, and you can give me your opinion on it, you can reiterate it, I guess, on the show. Um you'll you'll get like a house that has poltergeist or haunting activity. And then you'll have Bigfoot, you know, on the property, or a dog man on the property. To me, how is that even a coincidence? Now, what's odd to me, though, is let's let's take for example, just, just let's focus on dog man for a minute. Let's say that you're you're dealing with a haunting, and let's say that the dog man is one of these government released dog men, whatever. What would be the odds that it would go up to someone's house? While they're dealing with poltergeist activity and they have a shadow person running around in their house, what, I mean that would and be UFOs and UFOs down, and, down, 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 and the people yeah. are seeing the, the odds would be astronomical. You know what I mean?
1: Well, but that that's like the areas that my team researches. Like we, <laughs> the head of my team wrote a book. It's called uh, "The Meadow Project: Explorations into the South Skinwalker Ranch," and that's for a reason. It's because everything um, on that property is. It it rivals that of what they find on Skinwalker Ranch. We have even probably more going on there. And that's the same with every location that we research. And a lot of times, I mean, you know, Josh, I think tonight on, uh, you know, when you and I were doing the interview uh, on my show, um, I talked about how I like to, our team goes to places that have local legends and lore, folklore and ghosts and witches and things that have gone back for, you know, stories for centuries, because that's where you're going to get all the activity, because there's not just going to be that there. There's going to be so much more. It's concentrated. There's areas of high strangeness now. Is there a portal there? Probably, <laughs> you know, it's probably somewhere where there's just a whole bunch of stuff coming in and out. Um you know, I like to think that it's not just the land and the property. I think it's the people, you know, us. There are certain people in this world who radiate some kind of a, a they're like a, a light or they ha- they're they like a magnet to a lot of this high strangeness and it causes it to happen more too. So you got to kind of factor that in as well. Um, it, especially people who are psychically attuned and switched on, uh, you're going to get a whole lot more you Know activity, especially poltergeist activity, ghosts, you're going to see all sorts of stuff, um, and ETs and Sasquatch. Um, but yeah, there's where we're, we're, there's one thing, there's going to be more things.
2: That's my experience,
0: and Barton, mine too. You think that too?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've lived in three haunted houses where UFOs are zipping about, guys mm-hmm. outside, and people are seeing bigfoot walking up into the yard you know so i know there's a connection between all of them there's no doubt in my mind and i've had 45 years to think about this so i'm I'm pretty positive that's the, that's the right answer they're all connected in some way and possibly even manifestations uh, from the same diabolical source and i say that word diabolical i think you know what i mean by that each each of these enigmas or uh, ph- phenomena are designed to cause a paradigm shift in the in the witness. And depending on which phenomenon that you see, uh, that that's going to you know make you think something that's not quite true. You know these uh, trickster spirits; they can give you a thousand truths, right? But the, and you'll go ahead and believe the next one that that they tell you because the first thousand has been spot on. But that the thousand and first one they tell you will be wrong and you'll believe it and they'll, they'll manipulate it, your beliefs. So that's the two things that they want from humans, in my opinion, is your beliefs and blood because the life in the soul is is in the blood.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the
1: things. This you that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. One yeah. of the things I was going to say, I, Oh, go ahead, Jessica, you go ahead.
1: You no, know, I, when, when you said the blood that, that comes up in a lot of my data too with the dogman attacks is like they're after that blood and, you mm-hmm. know, blood is used to manifest, you know, uh, blood mm-hmm. is used for yeah. a lot of different things. And, uh, that's just something that, uh, that comes up repeated repeatedly, uh, with the dogman right. attacks.
2: And it's interesting to note that the most potent blood, in satanic rituals is child, the children's blood the innocent blood, that has the most power to these demonic entities. So that's, that's what they want that. And they, they feed off the fear that they invoke. And it's just like, it's some kind of energy to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's all, all I can think of in this, in my own case, in Spotsville, 1975, these, we lived in the remote river bottoms and these things didn't have to come up and bother us. You know, if they didn't want to be seen and just wanted to be left alone, they would have just went on their way and no one would have ever seen them. But they they didn't. They came up and killed all our animals and mutilated them, exsanguinated them, you know, and and disemboweled them. And it was happening all of them down the Green River, not just to us, but to many people up and down the Green River. So, yeah, that's uh, they want to be seen and they and they're they're after certain things and blood and belief is the two most important things to him, I believe.
0: And one of the things I was going to say in, in, in the, clo- in closing here, I guess we're going to close this out. Um, when we talked to Mike, the guy that, 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 uh, rented out the, uh, convention hall to me, I met him, uh, Ken had gotten in touch with him and he's the one that, that got the, uh, convention center. Um, and so my, when me and Mike were talking, Mike, cause Ken said, this guy's had some experiences, one of the things he saw, he saw a Black Panther, this is in the LBL, and then he also claimed to have seen um, UFOs, and 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 him and and pretty much the locals in that area they all believed in the beasts of the LBL. It was like a real thing to them, and uh, I believe wasn't it D A Roberts the, the night before that he saw something, him and his son didn't he see something Barton like yeah it looked like yeah. a Sasquatch at the convention center. Yeah.
2: Right. I think it center. there.
0: Yeah. And so th- there was this, you know, and and of course the, the LBL is north and south. There's the, isn't the south where the Bigfoot is and the north is, in the, is the dogman?
2: Well, they claim that, brother, but these things know no boundaries. I yeah. mean, that's just maybe more more dogmen were seen in the north and more Bigfoot were seen in the south. But, you know, Martin's story had both of them
0: yeah working I know. together in the yeah. same
2: place at the same time, and that was the southern part of the Tennessee part of l v l
0: yeah and that well, happens once in a while, like in the Devil's Backbone, that was a story I covered where they were having dogman encounters, but there was a bigfoot that just walked right across their property one one day in broad daylight, um just right across right? a tank, a tank of water, you know it was just like not and here in Texas, we call these man made ponds tanks so but uh, yeah, yeah. It, that that that's what was weird though. Is like you know, Mike, when he, we talked about the uh, the whole, you know, the at, and I met him at the conference too, you know, and he was like he had told me he'd seen a giant black panther, and he'd seen UFOs, um, and that's all in the same area. So,
2: anyways, in conclusion, with I guess that do yeah. what I said with all in the same area with Bigfoot and Dogman. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: what are the chances of that happening? I would say impossible
0: yeah unless there's something it, going unless
2: on Unless there's a connection between all the all the phenomena yeah
0: i still i still can't understand though that that, that there's some researchers out there that are just like no 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 that, that, that they're all different they're all it's all separate it's all separate but you have tons and tons of of places where you know like skinwalker ranch you know where i just don't get it i i just you know how can you ignore all these different places that have all this weird, like the Bridgewater triangle, you know, I mean,
2: here's how they do it. So, uh, it's considered a logical fallacy to try to explain one mystery by using another. And I call BS on that because I use the truth to explain the truth. You know, the truth is what it is. And if if you go and cherry pick the data that you reports that you take and uh, you know, take all the parts out that you personally don't believe in. That's not that's not very good uh, field work at all. You know, it's it's actually no good at all. Like the BFRO, that's what they do. They sanitize the reports and they only use the reports that agree with their own uh, point of view. And they did that to my own report when I tried to uh, turn it in back in two thousand and five. You know, I thought, well, the Bigfoot community, I'm gonna come online. We're all gonna be one big happy family, looking for the truth and just telling the truth. But I, I was so wrong. It's like a psycho circus. You got the papers on one side and you got the, what I like to call the truthers on the other side, because we tell the truth, no matter how much ridicule it, it brings. And I've been doing it since 1975. You know, you couldn't call me anything that someone else hasn't called me already. But I tell it because it's, it's the truth. And they're not monkeys. Monkeys cannot turn invisible to the naked human eye. They cannot speak to you telepathically in their, your own language. And they cannot disappear and appear at will, leave foot, no footprints in uh, a muddy field. There's no relic hominid that's ever existed on the on the planet that anyone has ever attributed these abilities to. And it's just, just not... Uh, it's just so obvious, but people have their own cognitive dissonance, they call it, where they don't want to believe any, any kind of evidence that goes against what their own firmly established convictions are, right? So they throw it away. And that's not the way to do it. We need to get everybody on the same page and telling the truth about these things, about these humanoid creatures. And I think we're, we're doing a, we're, we're doing a good start here. We've had some great, great guests in there. We're, we're, they're all telling us the same thing basically and we had no idea. I didn't have any idea any of these people's stories before we, before we talked to them and they're all saying the same thing. They're seeing unexplained lights in association with Bigfoot and Dogman, hauntings, burial mounds, water, underground tunnels. They're, they all you know basically saying the same thing. So it's pretty pretty uh, significant, I think.
0: Well, it's interesting that we made a list of people that we wanted to interview and I'd say at least half of them we didn't really know exactly what to expect, we, you know, and when we talked to them before the interviews, they, we were like, "Whoa." But there wasn't this long conversation really, but we were just shocked at how similar everybody's ideas were. Um and and Jessica, you're no different. I mean, it's it's just it's it's astounding. Um, What we're uncovering, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, some people have a little different, they're a little bit different, but for the most part, it's all the same. And um, I think uncovering the, the, as you call it, the data, Jessica, you know, and looking at it and and going like, Hey, this is uh, where this is. This is what this is. And uh, you're starting to see patterns. It just keeps coming up over and over again. And um, yeah, that's just.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are actually interviewing enough people too, to like put this all together. That, that's the key. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing the same thing on my shows. Um, you know, hearing from different people right. and, and those who are really out in the field and doing the research and, and having these experiences, you know, uh, it's important to connect with those people,
2: uh, just for, right. and it's also important for them to, it's time, Jessica, it's time for the people who know what's going on to stand up. Yes. and Tell it to everyone else. And damn the torpedoes, you know, that's the way I've always been. But I'm seeing now, uh, used to be a, a reluctance to do anything like that. You know, they would, they might turn in a the report. They might report their signing to some group or whatever, but they would leave out a, a detail that they thought would be too hard to believe. It's just too ridiculous to believe. And so they would leave that out. And I, we've talked to several of them, Josh and I here lately, that have done that and have come clean and told us what really happened, you know, and. Uh-huh. So, it's important that it that we stand all stand up and share what we know, and th- that way the people that are just shoveling out this ridiculous narrative of friendly forced giants, you know, uh, they need to sit down. They've had fifty years and they've given us no answers at all. And I believe yeah. we were coming to to the time in history where answers are going to be revealed and. All people have to do is have an open mind and listen to the people who are not lying. We're not doing it to sell books or YouTube hits or likes on Facebook or nothing like that. We're not saying these things because we've seen them or on TV or read them in a book, but because we've lived them and we know that they're true.
0: And One of the things people do too, with these reports, you know, like I said earlier, I'll reiterate this before we go they will take out the part about the orbs. They will take out, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I, I've even I've sanitize even gotten her be sanitize it. One thing I, I found too, I just recently talked to a lady who had given me a dogman story and so she gave me a quote unquote Bigfoot story. And I'm like, wait a minute, I had talked to you before, I told her. And I she goes, well, I had told my dogman story, you know, on a couple different platforms, but they didn't want the Bigfoot story. And then the Bigfoot story, but they didn't want the dogman story. And so I was like, okay, so you gave me your dog man story. What I didn't realize is that they were within they were within the neck. It was the it was one happened on a Tuesday and then the other one happened on a Wednesday. And so when she gave me the story, I I thought and 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 I'll tell you about it in at length Barton because I haven't finished doing the the me and Tone, uh, Tony haven't finished doing the uh whatever processing of it. But it it's like she, I was like, "Wait a minute, we've interviewed this person before." What is, you know, you you said you had a Bigfoot encounter. I didn't know that it was like the very next day. um And it actually involved the Dogman, but the, the people that she had given the story to before did not want to hear about the Dogman story and the Dogman people didn't want to hear about the Bigfoot, vice versa. So this person has told a story that should be just one story in two different parts that makes it seem like it's two totally different incidents when it's really just one incident. That's an example right, right. there. It's yeah. a perfect example. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. Most researchers' weakness, I say ninety-five percent of them, is you know they they only take what what they feel is useful to their own theories, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Or whatever book they're and, writing, or whatever the heck it's or doing, or whatever book then. they're
2: writing, or whatever, or whatever TV show they're doing, or whatever. But they only look at one piece of the puzzle, and I've always it's been it's been my Technique to always look at all the, the pieces of the puzzle, all the unexplained phenomena—the UFOs, the ghosts, the dog man, the Bigfoot, lizard man—all this. Put all, look at it all together, and you'll see that there's many common denominators between all of these unexplained phenomena.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's now the only
2: way that you're going to see the whole picture <clears throat> is to just to utilize every single piece of the puzzle and not just. Concentrate on one piece of the
0: puzzle. I like right. what you do, Jessica, because that—that's very interesting. Like what Barton just said, concentrating on the whole puzzle, and you do—you uh, cover everything. And at some point, I'd like to get you back, and we—we we will go over your lizard man, your Loveland frog, and who knows how many you've done by the time we we'll, we'll talk <laughs> right. again and get you back on, but. Like I said, <clears throat> don't be a stranger. Feel free to drop into the live stream if you ever watch. If you're in there watching the the live absolutely. stream, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll have there. somebody to flake or something, and I say, "Hey, somebody want to tell a story? <laughs> Just say, hey, I got one, <laughs> and oh, yeah. you can come on. I got and tell lots on. of
1: stories. Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. Um,
1: awesome. Yeah." yeah.
0: Thank you for for joining us. One last question before you go, though. Have you ever uh, dealt with hauntings?
1: My, My whole life. Yes. Oh
0: my gosh! Okay, <laughs> so the next time we, yeah. we get you on, we're gonna have to talk <laughs> about your haunting experiences because that's big. That's big. And
1: oh man, yeah. I mean, I, I've lived in haunted houses. I've I've had poltergeist activity. I've watched a vase levitate off of my table and be suspended in, in air. And uh, I've I've had a lot of weird stuff happen. Yes.
0: What do you got Steam going on for Halloween?
1: Halloween. Well, I've got shows the weekend before Halloween, but the yeah. Halloween night. I just got to take my son trick-or-treating and put him to bed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you, yeah. or maybe you and Barton could join me and we could do a Halloween. You could be our co-host for the Halloween show.
1: Yeah. Hey, you let me know. I'll yeah, be there.
2: That'd be great.
0: That'd be great. Cause I try to save up some of the, the scariest. I'm going over some with my wife and we we were kind of not, we don't argue like about the, the the stories or anything, but she's like, what about this one? This one was really good. And then I'm like, well, what about this one? And then we're, we're kind of going back and forth because we, we need to record, me and her, a couple of standalone episodes, uh, which I call standalone because they they don't involve uh, anybody outside of the, of the group, of the PRT team, whatever, which I guess Barton now is pretty much a full-fledged member. But um, I was like, okay, so we're going to do this one called Unwanted Passengers and then another one about haunted cemeteries. And then there was one on there, and she's like, oh, that's got to go on the Halloween show. And so I was like, okay, well, now I got to figure out which ones I'm going to put on the Halloween show um, because usually those are the really, really scary ones, you know. But uh, I could, I could, you know, do the Halloween show and bounce the ideas off you guys and you guys could tell me what you think. I don't know. So, yeah. And, yeah, and then if you got some really uh, scary uh, stuff, you know, bring it so we could do it. But uh, anyway, I appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, talking with me here at Paranormal Roundtable for everyone, Jessica Jones, everyone, uh, amazing individual, and uh, Barton Nunley, my uh, my my sidekick, my companion, or maybe I'm his sidekick, or I don't know what you'd call him, but uh, yeah. Whichever, you know, yeah. Whichever, whatever. Well, you, you look for the arrowhead, so you <laughs> would have to be Tonto, because you do that. <laughs> so that definitely. You, yeah, Maybe I don't I ever understood the why they would call him the Lone Ranger when he wasn't really he wasn't the Lone Ranger. He was always with Tonto. So All right, yeah. but uh,
1: well, thank, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Barton. Yeah, thank y'all for having me tonight. This has been right.
0: fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on, Jessica. Yep, it's anytime. Been, it's been great. So for everyone here at PRT, uh, whatever tree you're hiding from Bigfoot in, good night.
2: Good night, everyone.